3: Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Aero Leader and Kentucky.com. The NCAA basketball tournament is finally here. We had Selection Sunday, uh, where the draw was announced on Sunday. Kentucky found out that they are the number 2 seed in the East region. They'll play St. Peter's the St. Peter's Peacocks on Thursday night at 7.10 p.m. in a first-round game. And on this podcast, that's what we're going to do. We're going to preview the Kentucky St. Peter's game. We got a St. Peter's scouting report from James Corgan. I talked to James, who's very familiar with St. Peter's. Uh, he was the broadcaster for their games, covered them. Uh, James talked about their strengths and weaknesses going into the game on Thursday night. And then to talk about Kentucky, I talked with uh, my friend and fellow sports columnist at the Herald Leader in Kentucky.com, Mark Story, about the Wildcats, about their draw, and the tournament in general. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. First for a scouting report on the St. Peter's Peacocks from James Corgan, and then we'll be talking to Mark Story of the Herald Leader in Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest on the podcast now is James Corgan, who has been the play-by-play uh, broadcaster and who follows very closely the St. Peter's basketball team that plays uh, Kentucky in the NCAA tournament on Thursday night. James, how are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, it's great to be here. It's it's great to be talking about an NCAA tournament game for, for St. Peter's, uh, obviously, you know, the ultimate national showcase against the Wildcats. We couldn't be more excited.
3: Yeah, uh, great. You were telling me before we uh, started recording that you had been up in New Jersey, and they kind of had a send off for St. Peter's uh, on their way to Indianapolis. So What was that like?
1: Oh, it's exciting. You know, you know this. It's it's a school that that hadn't always you know had a great athletic athletics tradition. Uh, you know, they, had, they hadn't been to the NCAA tournament in in eleven years, but. You know, even aside from that, it's it's, it's been a great uh, it's been great to see the student body. You know, these past several years, as the team has sort of morphed itself into a, a contender, uh, you know, sort of get involved and you know become invested in this team. They had some great crowds, some great crowds this year, and yeah, uh, you know, they, they showed up uh, to to send them off to Indy.
3: Yeah, well, it should be a should be an interesting matchup on on Thursday night. What about the Saint Peter's team? What, what were the what were the expectations for this team? As you said it's been a while since they've been to the NCAA tournament. Uh what did people think about this team uh going into the season?
1: Well, the expectations were good. There there's no question about that. Iona uh with a coach that I think Wildcat fans know a bit pretty well.
3: Yeah. A little bit. A little bit,
1: yeah. Uh they were the they were the clear-cut favorites. Coming into the season, and they you know they won the regular season title, but St. Peter's was picked second with a, a core group of guys that have really been you know grown have really grown together these last you know three years uh, after Shaheen Holloway brought them in in class of 2019 uh, and a core really a core of of five guys. Uh, Casey Nadefo was a year before was a year ahead of them, but. They, you know, they came on as freshmen in the Defoe as a sophomore, and they, you know, were robbed of a chance to compete for a title in 2020, as so many were, but they were right on the cusp, uh, had a tremendous season. You know, last season, they were upset in the conference tournament, so they, there was a chip on their shoulder this year, especially with the opportunity to play Iona this year, which they did not get last season, uh, but you know it, it's it's sort of fell their way the conference tournament in Atlantic City is always uh always wild and wacky and the number 1 seeds you know more often than not go down and this year was was no exception but St. Peter's was ready and they are you know they 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 they're game they're a, a game opponent uh for sure
3: what about the you mentioned Shaheen all the way you were there when he came in uh had uh, Play, been with Kevin Willard at, at Seaton Hall played at Seaton Hall what about him what is what has been uh, uh, the reason for the success that he's had there at St Peter's you think it's it's
1: remarkable what he's done I remember day one you know you go into a school that is a tough place to go and win in, in you know in inner city Jersey inner city Jersey City New Jersey you know the facilities at the time were not really up to snuff uh, he inherited a program. That had just suffered, you know, really the ultimate indignity of seeing its previous coach leave the program for school in the same conference. And it's not like leaving, you know, Vanderbilt for Kentucky either, uh, going to where he went at Marist, uh, which, you know, St. Peter's is, you know, thrown around like a rag doll since Shaheen Holloway has come in. But that's besides the point. But Shaheen Holloway inherited a roster when he came in that, it wasn't really tailored to to his liking, to his style of play, but he recruited, you know, just like he did at Seton Hall when he brought in some of their star players, guys like Isaiah Whitehead and Miles Powell and uh, Angel Delgado, guys that you know really took Seton Hall to another level. One recruiting class later, and this team went from ninth to second. And never never looked back. You know, he's a, a aggressive coach. Defense is is his mo. They were a top you know, thirty five defensive team in the nation this year, according to Ken Palm. Right. Uh, you know, they like to, to sh- they like to force turnovers. They commit a few turnovers themselves, but they never take their foot on the gas. And and about him as a man, you know, nobody that have I I've not seen anybody have the the connection with his players that. Shaheen Holloway has had and it shows in in well, the sacrifices they make. St. Peter's this year has ten guys playing double digit minutes. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago it was twelve guys playing double digit minutes. Nobody you know, that, on that team, nobody averaged more than eight and a half a game. This year, you know, the St. Peter's leading scorer averages only eleven points a game. You know, these guys make sacrifices for each other and they buy in, and that's all Shaheen Holloway.
3: Yeah, you talked about the uh, yeah only two players averaging in double figures for him. They're very balanced scoring attack. So it looks like when you look at their stats, Daryl Banks leads them in scoring. Uh, can you talk a little bit about Daryl and some other guys that uh, Kentucky fans should look for on Thursday night?
1: Well, Banks is a dynamic guard. He's very aggressive. He's very athletic. He can shoot the three. You know, he's uh, he's really stepped up this season when you know when he's needed to. But Casey Nadefo is the guy. On this St. Peter's team, the three-time reigning MAC Defensive Player of the Year, uh, he's just a, a monster on defense. You know, at six, so it's, you know, six foot seven, maybe a bit, a bit generous for him six 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 seven. Last year, led the nation in blocks per game. Uh, can jump out of the gym, just physical, aggressive. Will stare anybody down, uh, not afraid of anybody. You know his shooting is is suspect and has always been from doubts from definitely from outside and from the line. So you know this is a team that relies a lot on their guards, uh, especially Doug Eddard, uh who had twenty point twenty points in the championship game against Monmouth. You know he's a one of the nation's leading three point shooters at forty one percent. He's you know that's what he's done from the moment he stepped on campus. Uh, But Casey, uh, you know, it's 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 remarkable what he's what the the growth that he's made. He was such a a raw player coming in, and but we all saw we all saw the potential. You know, we said you know we could maybe become defensive player of the year. And you know, since his freshman year, nobody else in the conference has been defensive player of the year. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what he does, what he's able to do against Kentucky's length, of course, and guys like Oscar Sheepway in the middle. but this 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 could be a, a showcase for him, uh, you know, especially some of the spectacular blocks that he's had uh, this season and over his career.
3: You mentioned about, and uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, uh, as you said that in Kempom St. Peter's is 34th uh, nationally uh, in just the defensive efficiency, uh, and that seems, as you said, that I assume that's the calling card of this team. How have they been offensively? <laughs> offensively,
1: it can, you know, it depends, uh, you know, guys can, you know, the, in the back tournament, uh, in the last two games, uh, you know, they, they went on a few cold stretches, you know, their defense really was what, what picked them up, you know, in the semifinals against Quinnipiac, they were cold in the second half, but they won because they held a team that is known for its offense in Quinnipiac to just five field goals in the second half. And then the championship game again, and then the championship game against Monmouth, you know, spectacular, really a spectacular defensive performance held them only to 23 and percent from the floor in, in the final. So it, you know, it, 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 they're, they are offensively. They are reliant on making shots from outside. Really? Uh, Doug Etter had the 20 points, in the championship game, he was the only player in double figures in the game. Uh, they're one of the top three point shooting teams in, in the Mac. Uh, in fact, they're the number two, three point shooting team in the Mac, despite being the second to last ranked scoring team in the Mac. So if Kentucky is able to, to stop the outside shot, uh, then they should really have their way because that is, you know, then the bulk of, of st peter's offensive output
3: so what what does st peters have to do on thursday for uh, to pull the upset and beat uh, the number two as the number 15 seat beat the number two seat get that well
1: well getting oscar shibwe into foul trouble uh <laughs> would be a good place be, to start huh? would be nice i know that's been we you know we, we, we're not we're not strangers to the wildcats up here of course uh we know that's been a vice of his uh at times especially in the championship especially in the, the semi game against tennessee but right. they have to make shots uh you know outside shots have been their bread and butter in march madness of course it's all about matchups they you know if you get if a team can get hot and play some defense you know cut off their you know cut off the other team's leading scores you know they you know you roll, then it's a roll of the dice, and St. Peter's can do that. They've shown that they can do that. One thing that they will not do is, you know, play against the name on the front of the jersey. That is not, you know, seeing Holloway's mindset. They've played tough non-conference schedules in uh, every year that he's he's been around. They've played Providence, you know, pretty tough this year. Uh, they've played St. John's best past. past three seasons and this is a team that is not going to come in in afraid uh of you know the superstars that are on the other side so if they can get sheep into foul trouble if they can make some shots and if they can guard and hope that kentucky can go cold then it's it's a roll of the dice however unlikely it, it may be
3: well, one thing about them, it looks like—I mean, just looking at looking at them on paper—that they're, they're probably playing, uh, if not their best basketball of the season, but some of their best basketball of the season here at the end of the year. I think they've won like seven in a row, and they're coming in on a high, winning the tournament. So that that's got to help them out, especially with their mentality coming into this game.
1: Absolutely is, and their mentality uh, could not could not be at a, at a greater point in time. I think in the tournament. Uh, it showed in the first round of the tournament. They played the opponent in Fairfield that knocked them out last season, really? uh, and destroyed them. You know they were up forty-four to nineteen at half. Wow. Second game against Quinnipiac. You know second game against Quinnipiac, a team that you know was the last place team, but uh, it would in a it's a very you know balanced Max standings, and it was a difficult game. You know at the same point that they lost last season, but. They really kept their composure. And then the championship uh, was a dogfight against a very good uh, Monmouth team coached by King Rice, the former North Carolina guard. Right. And, you know, after some years of heartbreak, uh, whether it be losing on a free throw in four years ago and getting beaten by COVID in 2020 and then losing, you know, when they were favored last season, uh, that, was a mental, that was a mental hurdle that they that they've breached now and it's it's at this point it's it's house money you know Shaheen Holloway you know may not say it but they know that it's house money they know that this is going to be a national showcase on on CBS and they I think they're coming in relaxed uh you know smiles coming onto the plane today and you know waving to the fans I don't think there are too many nerves i know they you know more people are probably picking kentucky to win the national championship this season than are picking st peter's to (laughs) win this one game so their mental, they're they have a a pretty clean clean mindset and kentucky you know kentucky should be prepared for for a game opponent for a component that's going to be a bit physical and uh that's not that's not going to back down right
3: right well that'll make for an interesting matchup that's for sure in the first round uh be great to get the uh, NCAA tournament started uh James I know you're up in uh Portland Maine right now but can you tell the people how they could find you on Twitter and uh check out your work online
1: well I've uh you know I've I've been I've been uh going back and forth between news and sports up in Maine but uh my Twitter handle is at real Carrigan. uh if you want to you know, see some of the St. Peter's, uh, perspective on this week's matchup. And, uh, if you want, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it.
3: Well, great. That's great. Well, James, we really appreciate you. Uh, that's great stuff on St. Peter's. We sure appreciate you being on the podcast and give us a scouting report.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me on. And, uh, I'm certainly looking forward to, to, uh, the game on Thursday night.
3: Well, thanks again. OK, thanks again to James Corgan. Great stuff on the St. Peter's Peacocks. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the Kentucky Wildcats with March Story of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, welcome into the podcast, my friend, my colleague, uh, my fellow sports columnist at com, Mark Story. How's it going, Mark? Great, John. Uh, we're here, Mark. Finally, NCAA tournament after Kentucky not making the tournament last year and then no tournament because of COVID in 2020. I know we're all happy to have an NCAA tournament where Kentucky is in it and it matters. Uh, Selection Sunday, you wrote your column with your picks and Talked about the draw. What do you think of Kentucky's draw as a number two seed in the
0: East? I think it's not a horrible draw, but I don't think it's you know I don't think it's any kind of you know smooth cakewalk. sailing. <laughs> yeah, cakewalk kind of draw. I think it's you know I I think there are some landmines in that draw. I don't think it's you know a, a bracket of death like people sometimes complain about. I actually think you look at kentucky's history under john calipari they're actually better off when they get a horrible draw that he gets all upset about <laughs> and they've done better against those with kind of you know us against the world when a bracket actually breaks open for them they haven't taken advantage of it so you know i I'm, in this particular bracket you know i've I, you know, I think they ought to handle Saint Peter's. You know, I don't know much about Saint Peter's. What little I know, they sound like a defensive-oriented team, kind of a, right. and, and, and just kind of a tough-minded East Coast kind of team. Um, I think the second game, if it, I think, I, th- I think the second game will be a challenge. You, you, whether it's Murray State, which will be the most interesting matchup, or San Francisco, I'm I'm kind of a night owl, so I watch a lot of West Coast basketball, and San Francisco is pretty good. Yeah, they're not they like- bad. I
3: Right, they like twenty-one in Kenpom where Murray's twenty-seven. That's a pretty that's a pretty tough second-round game. No matter who they
0: get, yeah, that, that 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 will be a challenging game. They'll have to play to win that. Starting in that second game, you know, obviously if it is Murray, you have you know an in-state team that they've never played, which is kind of amazing. Um, you know, especially given that Murray is a really good basketball program. And,
3: that's know, why they've never played.
0: Well, that could be. I've always heard, and I've never had reason to really ask about this. Is that Murray has always insisted on, you know, a a return game, and Kentucky's not going to do that. So, you know, if that is actually the case, they aren't. They're never (laughs) going (laughs) to play
3: unless they play on Saturday. Let's back up before we go on to the after that, though. Let's go back up a little bit about, and I should probably should ask you this first. Kentucky lost to Tennessee in the SEC tournament. Uh, what did you think of that game? And does that uh, is that same warning signs going into the tournament for Kentucky, or is it just that it was just a game where you know Tennessee a bad matchup for Kentucky, or Kentucky just didn't play well that game? What 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 were your thoughts, especially leading into the NCAA tournament?
0: I don't think Kentucky goes into the NCAA tournament. You know, I, they obviously are not on an uptick. I don't think they played their best basketball at the end of the year. You know, I thought, you know, Vanderbilt played well in the tournament, but I thought they had a really hard time putting Vanderbilt away. Right. And Obviously, Tennessee, you know, Tennessee took it to them, roughed them up, and, you know, Kentucky, I didn't think, responded that well. And, you know, there's all these historical markers, and I don't, you know, I find them interesting. I don't know how predictive they are, but, you know, since the SEC tournament came back in, what, 79, Kentucky's never gone to the Final Four without reaching the finals of the SEC tournament. Okay. So, <laughs> there, there's that. Um, you know, does that mean you can't do it? I mean, I don't think. I mean, I don't see any reason why if Kentucky, you know, suddenly you know, re, you know, gets back on a kind of a high beam, I don't see why you couldn't. But I do. That is the history. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. To me, it sent up some warning signs. You know, they kept saying, well, you know, we didn't shoot well. They were two for 20. Well, Tennessee, I think, it was a reason for that. They held them to 34% shooting in both the game in Knoxville and in the game on a – new. it was on a neutral floor, but obviously a pro Kentucky crowd. Uh, I'm like you. That, does that mean that uh, – I think Tennessee's really good, and I think they're playing really well. And uh, does that mean Kentucky can't win in the tournament? Of course not. But I'm like you. I don't think they're playing, playing their best basketball. Uh, coming into coming into these games, uh, the
0: thing that s- has started to worry me about Kentucky is, you know, when everything goes right for them, they're really good. That Kansas game when they got, you know, in an open court, and they're playing up tempo, and you know, they 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 just get it going. I mean, they're really good. But when any, you know, when they you know, when Oscar's in foul trouble, or one of the guards gets hurt, or you just get up against somebody that sort of mucks up the game. They just seem to me, they seem to have a hard time overcoming that against really good teams. And that to me is kind of a worrisome thing.
3: No, I, I agree with that. I think, too, they're an open-floor team, as you mentioned, like they had against Kansas where they game first game with Tennessee where they shot the ball so well. But if you can slow them down and rough them up a little bit, uh, really, if you look at, back at the Vanderbilt game, when Vanderbilt came to Rupp, that's the way they yeah. played them. They were very physical, and they gave Kentucky a much better game than the game when Kentucky beat them in Nashville. And that was, almost set the blueprint, like, uh, hey, you can you – can, um, uh, You can't be physical with them, and they don't react so well. And then, obviously, Vanderbilt did it again there in Tampa. And Tennessee, they could – with their bigs. That's the other thing that kind of bothers me, too, is that Tennessee – you know, they have big guys, uh, both that they start and Plavsic and and the freshman Huntley. And then they bring Fulkerson and the other freshman I do into the game. uh, You know, and Oscar got in foul trouble. And then back to the bracket, if you – uh, after Kentucky, if they can beat San Peters, if they can beat uh, Murray State or San Francisco, there's a good chance they could play Purdue in the next round. And to me, Purdue's got the same kind of formula. I don't know about guard play, but they definitely have some bigs, and they're a physical team.
0: Yeah, I think I, it's funny. I've been thinking the same thing that Purdue is potentially a bad matchup for Kentucky, for partially for the reasons you you mentioned. They've got you know two you know guys who are really big that they sort of alternate that would play around, uh, you know, and, and Oscar, as wonderful a season as he's had, has had a hard time at, at various points with, with length, and right. Purdue has that. And they also have at least one really good guard, and, and you know, the, the Ivy kid who right. is, you know, I, I wonder if Kentucky can stay in front of him. The other thing that, you know, they sort of struggled with, you know, if you go back and look at their last 10 games, on almost every game, some guard has just gone off on them.
3: You're right. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. Yeah, Kennedy Chandler obviously had a big game uh, in the SEC tur- in the SEC tournament, and then uh, uh, Vanderbilt had a
0: the Jordan guard had a, man, yeah, they had a bunch of threes on him. And that was pretty much the you know it didn't happen at Florida, but it was pretty much the pattern, pretty much throughout the end of the season that you know some guard was going to put twenty five on them every night out. Yeah.
3: Uh, okay, let's say Kentucky does advance and get to the Elite Eight. What do you see from the top part of that bracket?
0: Well, I hesitate to say this because I watched Baylor last year losing the Big Twelve tournament and got off them, and then obviously <laughs> they just dominated. But having said that, I think they're vulnerable because you know they're down a couple of players. And right. I don't think they played as well down the stretch as they played earlier in the year. You know, I you know I had UCLA getting out of that and you know again i watch a lot of west coast basketball so i'm that may be my bias of seeping in from not being able to sleep at night but um what do you like you know, about I, ucla i just think they had you know obviously they made a run last year their experience it's the same team you know they're long you know they've, they've got you know I, I if if they play when they play well i think I think they're a hard team to beat. I think they're linked. I think they have some shooting. They do have the experience. Now, often, you know, having said all that, I think St. Mary's in the second game could take them out. Yeah, nice. I think St. Mary's is good, and I think they're a difficult style to play against. So, you know, I think that's, you know, I, crazy as it sounds, you know, I, I, you know, I, I actually think the bottom of the bracket is tougher than the top of the bracket in this region.
3: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think that, I think that's right. I mean, when you look at uh, uh, the bracket overall, do you think it's a tough bracket overall?
0: Yeah, I think it's relative. I mean, again, I don't think it's a, you know, like, as I said, I don't think it's the bracket of death, but I think it's a strong bracket.
3: How do you see the rest of the tournament? How do you see the other brackets?
0: Well, I think the, the, I, I guess it's the Midwest where Kansas is number one. That one to me I, I don't. Anybody could win that, in my opinion. I, maybe I'm overly influenced by the Kentucky-Kansas game, but I just have no belief in Kansas. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think the opportunity is there for Auburn, but their backcourt has just played so bad. Oh I know. It's it's hard to trust them, and they're they're what eleven eleven and five in games not played at Auburn Arena. I mean, greatest.
3: If the tournament's played at Auburn Arena, I'm betting all my money on them. But outside of Auburn Arena, I'm not so sure.
0: Yeah, so in my picks, I actually picked Iowa, who played really well down the stretch and then won the Big Ten tournament, and then Keegan Murray has a genuinely great player. Now, I don't have a lot of confidence in that pick, but as I said, I, there's there's almost nobody that could come out of that that would surprise me. I think that bracket is wide open.
3: Yeah. Okay, what about the South, where Arizona's the one seed, Villanova's the two?
0: I really like Arizona. I've you know, I said I've seen them play a lot just in terms of just the eye test, the team that when I watch them, I think, boy, they, I, I think, boy, they look good. That's probably the team that I've thought that about the most this year. They obviously have a key injury. Their point guard is injured. We don't know what his status is in the tournament. No. Right. They beat UCLA without him they look good doing it. So, but I think that's a tough bracket. I think Villanova, you know, you have to respect Jay Wright in the tournament, given that he's won it twice in the last five tournaments you mentioned Tennessee and how well they're playing, you know, they're somewhat up against kind of the, their program history. They have a history of not really, you know, not, well, they've never made a final four, right. you know, I really like their guards and I like how tough they defend overall. My question with them is, you know, do they have any front court scoring right. that you can count on in a big, you know, in, in, a, in this, in this tournament? i um, that, to me, is the question on them. But I, I think the top three teams in that bracket are all good. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I really like Tennessee, although I do admit I think uh, Josiah Jordan James has to be hitting. He has to be making shots because if he doesn't make shots, I think they have a hard time getting offense from other people. But I do like the fact they got three really good ball handlers in Chandler, Vescovi, and, and uh, Ziegler, the freshman, the two freshmen. So uh but you know Rick Barnes doesn't have the greatest history in the tournament either. He's had some really good teams that uh, got upset and or uh, didn't make it to the final four. So he's got that history uh, to fight against as well.
0: Yeah, he um well Tennessee as a program as we said, they've you know they're they're not a, they have not been a great NCAA tournament no. program like you I I like their guards. Ziegler reminds me a little bit of Tyler Eulis uh, Yeah. I know that's probably a blasphemous thing to say, but <laughs>
3: that's right. You'll be getting uh, emails on that. Uh, okay, let's look at the West. You got Gonzaga, the overall number one seed. Uh, Duke, number two. Texas Tech, three, and Arkansas, four. What do you think of that bracket?
0: I've really liked Texas Tech all year. I wanted to pick them to go to the Final Four, and then when I actually had to pick, I I stayed with chalk and went Gonzaga. I really like Tech. Now there are games where they have a heart. They they there are another team that they always they don't always have an easy time scoring. But they are so good defensively and they are tough minded. Yes. And I really like that team. My question on Arkansas is a little bit like with Tennessee and, and Texas Tech. You know, I just don't know that I think Arkansas has enough ways to score.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean they're they're really good defensively. It seems like their whole team is like six six and long. Right, but but they just. You know, I just question whether they have enough reliable scoring to win four straight tournament games to get to the final four.
3: Yeah, and that game in that semifinal game against Texas Tech in the SEC tournament, Note wasn't on his game, and Jalen Williams did not have a very good game, and they really didn't have anybody else who stepped up and took their place. I think Amude has kind of done it off and on, but I'm not sure you can consistently count on him to do it. Although I do like Arkansas for just the reasons you mentioned. I think they're a good defensive team. I think Eric Musselman last year especially proved to be a good tournament coach. He got Nevada to the Sweet 16 uh, years ago when Kentucky was there. Uh so, but I'm I, I'm like you. I want the chalk too. I like Gonzaga. I don't think Gonzaga is as good as they were last year, but they, I think they might have a better chance to win it this year than they had last year.
0: Yeah, I I, I, agree, I exactly agree with that. I don't I don't I don't think they are have as good a team overall as they had last year. But I don't think they're I don't think there's a Baylor of last year out there either. And so, yeah, I I, I think you're right. And Duke, you know, they just seem to they 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 are another team that. It doesn't seem to be at its best here at the
3: end. Yeah, the funny thing about Duke, uh, uh, McClatchy did a, a a few weeks ago, uh, a pod, I was on a McClatchy podcast, uh, and C.L. Brown was on there, uh, who we both know used to be at the Courier, who covers North Carolina, covers the ACC now for the Charlotte Observer. And I said something to the effect of, you know, wouldn't surprise me if Duke finds a way to make it into the Final Four. And C.L. made the point that he thought that Duke plays... Which and there's young and the, those young guys there's gonna be so much pressure on them, uh to because of it being Coach K's final year that he didn't think that they could handle the pressure. And I was thinking about that when they lost to North Carolina in Coach K's final home game. You know, there is a lot of pressure on those kids. Everybody around Duke and all those former players who came back, you know, they wanted to send Coach K out with a big victory over North Carolina, and North Carolina comes in and smacks them. So, uh, and then they lose in the finals of the ACC tournament to Virginia Tech. Although I will say this we saw Mike Young when he was at Wofford. He's a good coach, he's done a heck of a he job at Virginia Tech. I wouldn't want want to play him in any tournament but uh, uh, I just wonder about that with Duke can they handle the pressure
0: yeah I think that's a good point and Kay clearly hadn't been able to take the pressure off his team mm-hmm. and I, I, I know he's tried you know he keeps saying you know this is not about me you know it's about our team and our kids that you know they only have this one chance at this I've had many chances but that clearly is not working because right. yeah they uh, they appeared to yeah, you know, they appear to be feeling kind of the pressure, and, and at this point, I just wonder if he can take – I don't know that he can find a way at this point to take that pressure off of yeah. but, yeah. but but you're right about Mike Young. He is a heck of a ball coach. Yeah. That's for sure.
3: Okay, as uh, so we wrap this up, let's get back to Kentucky. Let's let's do like Cal said. Let's just concentrate on this pod uh, in Indianapolis on Thursday, and if they went on Thursday, playing the winner of San Francisco Murray State on Saturday. What what do you feel like Kentucky needs to do this weekend to kind of reassert themselves or and show that hey, you know, we are tournament ready. We can play our best basketball.
0: Well, I think no, I think play well, make shots. Uh, you know, just you. Uh, Ideally, get teams, you know, get get the tempo up and create some open court opportunities. I think that's probably the most important thing for Kentucky because, you know, as I said earlier, when, when they're, you know, in, when they have their optimum conditions, they're really good, really good. But it's when they, you know, something goes wrong and they don't get that, that they don't, you well, know, they don't always against Good teams appear to have enough counters if things aren't going exactly the way it needs to go.
3: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think get them to nail on the head there. Uh, that's for sure. Well, I'm just happy to have an NCAA tournament with Kentucky in it. Uh, that uh, means something, and that we're playing the whole thing without you know too many of the COVID restrictions and so forth that we saw in the past. Uh, so we'll have plenty of coverage leading up to the game and during the game on Thursday night. As I said before, it's a seven ten start. Uh, Mark, remind the listeners how they can follow you on twitter and what you'll have before and after the game
0: i'm on twitter at mark c story that's at mark c story and i'll have how you can watch the game and i'll have matchups and uh, that'll be leading in and then out of the game i'll have five really important things you'll need to know from that game and uh, i'll have an immediate scouting report if kentucky wins so you know, once the game, these tournament games are over, people tend to move on, and we'll try to help you do that.
3: Right, yeah. And those are always very popular, especially the how to watch the game because people are always, especially in the tournament and so forth. Okay, now when is this game on, and what channel is it on? So be sure. Mark has all that information, so be sure and look for that. Uh, Mark, as always, thanks again for being on the podcast, and I look forward to seeing you up in Indianapolis.
0: Thanks, John.
3: Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. Uh, my thanks to James Corgan and Mark Storey for being guests and giving his scouting reports on both St. Peters and Kentucky. My thanks to everybody for listening to the podcast. Remember, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and iHeart Radio podcasts, leave a rating and review. That really helps get the word out about the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. We'll have plenty of coverage leading up to the game on Thursday night and during the game. Check out my sidelines blog for live updates throughout the game. I have my three takeaways after the game. Mark Story will have his five things to know after the game, and we'll have plenty of coverage. Uh, from Jerry Tipton and Ben Roberts as well, so check them out on Twitter. Jerry's at Jerry Tipton. Ben is at ben Roberts HL. Uh If you get a chance, go to Kentucky.com, hit on that subscriber tab, check out all the offers for subscriptions to Kentucky.com. Thanks again to James Corgan. Thanks again to Mark Story. Thanks again to everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.